You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right. Thanks for listening to another edition of the 49ers Rush Podcast. We actually have a football game to talk about. Unfortunately, it did not go well for the faithful. We come up with a loss to the Carolina Panthers at home, which hurts even more, 23-3. to And the optimism and all of the great you know, hopes that we have had through this offseason come crashing back to reality, but all is not lost. There's still lots of good things to talk about, and we'll get into some of those, as well as some of the bad things. we got to be honest, when you lose by 20 points at home, there's bad things that happen, and we'll get into those. So what we're going to do, we're going to go through, we're going to break down the offense as a whole, a couple of key players that stood out positively and negatively. We'll do the same with the defense. Just some general comments and observations overall and what to look forward to for next week versus Seattle. So our offense, let's start with the good. Our run offense was beyond incredible. Carlos Hyde is running amazing. He, he couldn't look any better. The problem was we got out of our game script so early, he only had nine total carries for 45 yards. So he, he maintained a five-yard per carry average, which is Carlos Hyde, and he looked great. Uh, he was a couple plays away from just breaking a big one if he just could have broke one more tackle. And you could see the frustration on him because he wasn't getting the ball. Our run offensive line was looking awesome, man. We were – this was probably the best part of Kyle Shanahan was how he can scheme and adapt to manipulate a defense to get numbers on his side with motions and all these things, which is wonderful, and we saw that. But we also saw we are not ready for the full playbook. We had a ridic- We had 10 penalties which was absolutely ridiculous. You can't win with that. And a lot of times it was just based off of offensive formation, not being aligned, not paying attention to the playcock, trying to audible late, all these different things. But whenever things did get, go off correctly, we saw that we could be successful. Carlos Hyde was definitely the bright spot of the offense. He had six catches on six targets for 32 yards and looked great. He, he looked absolutely amazing and has to be a priority moving forward. We just have to get him the ball more often. You can't run the ball nine times and expect to win. And we were never down, especially in the first half. Uh, we went into halftime down 13-0. That's two scores. You do not need to get out of your script for that. Unfortunately, that happened, so we'll learn from that. Another bright spot was Pierre Garçon. He was as advertised. Six catches for 81 yards on 10 targets. Anything that was close to the guy he caught. There was one catch in traffic. 
it was on a uh, in breaking route, so basically ran a 12 yard hitch. But instead of breaking out, you break in. That's the way that the coverage was lined up. So he read the option route, and Hoyer just let him way too far in. So not only was it a difficult catch, but the safety was coming over the top. It just was almost impossible. Pierre Garçon is awesome. That guy is so, so great. So we got to get that guy the ball way more often because every time you throw it to him, he catches it. If it's anywhere near him, he's going to catch it. So another, man, rookies got involved early and often. On the very first series, we run a jet sweep with Matt Breda, which I think he got like three yards. wasn't too much. But we also threw a pass to George Kittle. He caught five of six targets for 27 yards. Now, whenever you think about it, that's not a huge depth of target, but that's not what we use the tight end for. Kyle Shanahan uses the tight end as almost elongating the running game, and so he's doing play action, trying to get flow one way and slipping them out to the side and dumping the ball off. Converted a couple third downs, looked great, broke tackles, but got tripped up. He's going to be a force. He's going to be a force. He was, <laughs> he got six targets, which isn't sound like a lot, but when you're that efficient with five or six targets and he was not fully healthy, there's a lot that we have going forward with hope with this kid. I really think he's going to be one of our players. Now, I've been nice long enough. It's time to get mean and kind of pissed off. Brian Horrier was pure trash. He played awful. If you want to put why we lost this game on one person, it'd be Brian Hoyer one, number two's Jaquiski Tart. We'll get to that later on. But anyway, this is one of the worst games that Brian Hoyer has ever played in. He finished with um, just under a 70 passer rating, which is not good. Missed wide open receivers consistently. Probably the point where I felt like this game was over was in the third quarter. We were down 20 to zero at the time. We had a wide open Pierre Garçon about 20 yards downfield, and he missed him by a good eight yards. And at that point, I was like, oh, man, this is not good. He's terrible with the play clock. He has no awareness whatsoever. He called, I think, three separate audibles that I counted that he called with less than five seconds left on the play clock, which you just can't do. And we're breaking the huddle in plenty of time. We're getting to the line of scrimmage plenty of time. It's taking him too long to diagnose the defense. It's taken him too long to get through his progression. So that's something we're going to have to speed up. Hopefully that happens. Uh, there was a fourth down where we were going to go for it on fourth and one. And sure enough, he tries to call an audible with two seconds left. And Kyle Shanahan goes to the ref and calls timeout. The ref didn't grant it. We got a delay. We end up having to kick it. But you could see Shanahan, his lips. Uh, the camera panned in on him. and He just said, God damn it, Brian. You could just read his lips. So that's something that's got to improve. Now, our pass protection for Brian Hoyer was actually decent. It wasn't great. We uh, He went down for four sacks, but three of those sacks were all on Brian Hoyer. He had an outlet man on each one of those wide open. He just had to check it down, but he was looking downfield to make the big play, and as soon as he gets pressure, he dips his eyes. And not only does he dip, dip his eyes, he falls down like there were two sacks where he got touched with one hand. Nobody even grabbed his jersey or anything. He just got touched, and you can kind of see him going into protect the ball mode. It's almost like his mentality says, okay, the pocket's breaking down. I don't want to get a fumble sack, and I don't want to force the ball and get an interception, which I'm okay with. That's okay. But we had both of those in this game. So you can't be the guy that falls down on easy sacks and not protect the ball. You can't have a fumble sack. And you can't throw an interception that was caused just by not reading the defense. 
So you've got to pick one. Either you're going to be gutsy and you're going to take some gambles and they'll pay off some and they'll pay off. Sometimes they're not going to work out. But you cannot be scared and have these ridiculous mistakes that cost us. So the pass protection was not too bad. Our run blocking, though, was legit. That I, I can't. That was probably one of my biggest concerns moving forward into the season because our run blocking has been terrible throughout the preseason. But that was legit. Some overall stats for our offense, we were only 2 for 11 on third downs. That's abysmal. That's less than 20% on third down. You want to be close to 40 to 50%. We weren't even half of that. That was terrible. One of three on fourth downs, that's not acceptable either. You have to be above 50% because you're going for those fourth downs in favorable conditions. Each one of the ones we went for were under three yards. You expect to get those. Ten penalties for 74 yards, that's terrible. And, and it shows how young of a team we are. And maybe not young age-wise. We're still top ten youngest teams in the NFL by roster. But we're young. We haven't played together. We only had 16 people returning from our active roster from week 17 last year. But we allowed mistakes to mount up. We started off pretty, pretty well. The very first drive of the game, Brian Hoyer had his best play. It was a deep play action ball to Marquise Goodwin down the sidelines. And you could not have thrown that ball any better. I mean, it was absolutely on the money. But Marquise Goodwin dropped it. That We followed that up with what? Two penalties back-to-back, and then we had to punt. It seems like as soon as something doesn't go right for us, we allow it to expand. And that's a that's just a young team. And we saw that on defense. So let's jump over to the defensive side of the ball, and let's talk about the good and the bad. Everything started out perfectly. Our defense was playing with energy and charisma, making hits, perfect coverages, contested coverages. And, man, we did not miss any tackles for the first, I don't know, I think four drives. Uh, three drives. Thank you, Jaquiski Tart, for reminding me. What happened was we got up perfectly. The first drive, we gave up one first down, but then we held them to a punt. The second drive, we go three and out. We force a three and out, and it's looking amazing. Third drive, we go out there, still making great plays, and then Reuben Foster gets hurt, and this changed everything. Offensively and defensively, it affected us. The very next play after, and hold on, this is how good Reuben Foster is. Ruben Foster tackled Christian McCaffrey for a loss in the open field on a screenplay. There was nobody else within five yards of either side of him. Christian McCaffrey could have done whatever he wanted to. Ruben Foster took him down. The very next play, Ruben Foster hurts his leg. You can see him roll up on his ankle. It looks terrible. Falls down backwards and still makes the tackle on Christian McCaffrey. That's how great this guy is. Now, everything fell out of the entire team. Whenever he got carted off. That guy plays with so much passion. And he's so awesome. But the problem is this. The very next play. We give up a 40 yard touchdown bomb. Jaquiski Tart blows a coverage. And misses a tackle for a touchdown. And after that it was over. Now also going back to Reuben Foster. He had three solo tackles. And a tackle for loss. On two and a half series. This guy is an absolute force. And. Spoiler alert, good news, he's going to be okay. He has already come out and said that his ankle is not as bad. He said it's not as terrible as it seemed. I'm going to be back very, very, very soon. I will be good versus Seattle next week. And you could even see whenever he walked back out um, in the third quarter, he walked out and he was trying to convince the trainer to let him go back in and play. He was testing his ankle, testing his ankle, and you could see both the trainers shaking their head no, like, 
telling him like, hey, dude, I don't want you to fight me, but no, you're not going back in the game. Like, you're not ready. You're not ready. Which I'm glad they didn't put him back out there. But Ruben Foster is going to be an absolute playmaker. He had the exact same solo number of tackles as Navarro Bowman. And Navarro Bowman played the entire game. But anyway, let's get back to game script and kind of what happened. So we give up the 40-yard touchdown play. And Jaquiski Tart, he was playing single high safety. He, was, he started the game at free safety. Let me say this. He should never play free safety again for the 49ers. Ever, 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 ever. He needs to be in man coverage, press coverage, or an in-the-box safety. He does not need to be an off-the-ball guy. He excels in man coverage, and he's great. And we saw that with the interception. He was playing trail technique and made that ridiculous over the uh, one-handed interception. And he even had help over the top. That was a stupid throw by Cam. But anyway, whenever he played nickel, Jaquiski Tart, he played great. But in this situation, he was playing the single high safety, the role that hopefully one will get back Ward and he can be back there and actually do his job. But anyway, it was just a simple drag route from the number two wide receiver on the strong side of the field. So he cut right across Jaquiski Tart's face. And whenever he caught the ball about 20 yards deep, Jaquiski Tart gave him a 10-yard cushion at the catch point, which is just ridiculous. Then he's up against the sideline. He takes a terrible angle and puts out one hand to try to push him out of bounds. Russell Shepard breaks the tackle and walks into the end zone. It was absolutely ridiculous. Now, the next series, thankfully, they put Lorenzo Jerome back there. So I was like, all right, cool. We are getting this. We're moving forward. We're going to get over this. And Jerome didn't make really any mistakes. He didn't make any great plays either, but he did okay. Then we hold him. It's third down and six, and Cam throws a bad pass to Greg Olson over the middle. And guess what? Jaquiski Tart decides to make a statement and goes and lays out a receiver when the ball is 10 yards over his head, and it's a full second after the ball was gone. So personal foul, automatic first down. Then they go up, and they are able to kick a field goal where they would have punted. Right off the bat, just in the first half alone, Jaquiski Tart gave up 10 points by himself on bad mistakes. I was absolutely done with him at this point. Luckily, he got the interception. He had one other big hit that was a really good player later on. But that guy has to be done at free safety. And I know it was never our plan. He didn't practice it a whole lot. But he's got to be done at that position. Now, our run defense, actually pretty legit. <laughs> we did okay. We held them to 3.1 yards per per rush, which if you look at what we did last year, we gave up 4.8 yards per rush, which was last in the league. So huge improvement there. And on top of this, we didn't give up a 100-yard rusher. They had over 100 yards rushing combined between Jonathan Stewart and Christian McCaffrey, but still, there were several games last year where we gave up two 100-yard rushers in one game, and... Carolina is known for being one of the better running teams in the NFL. So huge improvement there. And even the points. We gave up 20 points that were all because of turnovers on our offense. 14 points. Carolina scored 14 points because of the fumble and the interception by Brian Hoyer. And then another six, both field goals, were off of turnover on downs where we went for it in the middle of the field. We didn't get it on fourth down. And they had great field position. So our defense actually played great. The one area that they were not okay in, and that was pass rush. We didn't touch Cam. We had one hit on Cam Newton, and that was Elmas Doomerville. If he would have got there a quarter of a second earlier, probably would have been a sack fumble. But he hit him as he was in his throwing motion, and so it counted as an incomplete pass. We had zero sacks. He had all day to throw the ball, and this is the problem. 
if we are running a zone concept cover three with our secondary, that only works if the ball comes out quick. And Cam had all day. And, th and almost all their big third down conversions were because Cam was sitting back there just fine. We were bringing four people, our stud three first-round draft picks on the defensive line, and we weren't getting any pressure. And it doesn't matter what you do. If this is the scheme we run and we do not get pressure on the quarterback, it will not be successful. It will not be successful. It's just predicated on getting the ball out early and being opportunistic in the secondary. That's why you see teams like Seattle get so many interceptions and turnovers. It's because the ball's being thrown quick, and they can make breaks on the ball. But whenever you're running a zone concept coverage, you cannot wait longer than four seconds. Everything breaks down at that point. So if we are going to continue to run this defense, we have to have a difference. Run D, check. Pass coverage, awesome. Rashard Robinson, I've given that guy so much flack through the preseason because he kept talking so much trash and getting burned. Um, he kind of hasn't been as vocal lately, but he balled out. Contested coverage over and over and over again. He even caused and recovered a fumble in the run game, being so aggressive. So props to that guy. He balled out. So there's there's some bright spots. There's some not-so-bright spots, though. And that's Navarro Bowman. He played well. He didn't make any mistakes, but he definitely looked like he lost a step. In the past, he was always the first one to the ball and always around the ball. There were several times this game where he was just a step late, and he'd get his hand on the ball carrier. Again, he didn't cause any problems. I'm not saying we need to be worried, but he's looking a step slow. So I, I really hope that with if we get back Ruben Foster, he'll kind of be the guy that falls in, and he's going to be the backside guy. And I think that's going to be good, but I, I was a little sad. Navarro Bowman's my favorite 49er right now by, for sure. I have all of his jerseys. He's My son has all of his jerseys. I love Bowman. Um, I really want to see him back to being explosive. I hope that shows out next week. DeForest Buckner looked great. He had five solo tackles from the D-line. He comp constantly jumps off the screen of just clogging multiple holes and changing running lanes. He is exceptional. He might be our most important player on defense. He just has to up his game with pass rushing. We've got to get pressure. And I know in the past we've blitzed safeties. But we didn't see much of that. So if we need to manufacture pressure, that's fine. But we have to get to the quarterback. We cannot let people feel so comfortable out there. Um, injuries. I already talked about Foster. He's going to be okay. He'll be back next week. And Kyle Juszczyk got hurt a little bit. He caught a screen ball. He, he was great all game for the most part. Uh, one dropped ball, but that's okay. He, he got tackled out of bounds and jogged back to the huddle. And then you could just see like his back tightened up like a spasm. They stretched him out and all that kind of stuff, and he even got back in the game, so he's okay. Eli Harold went out with a lower leg injury. He was grabbing his shin, so I'm thinking it's probably a high ankle sprain, but that's just a guess. Um, I haven't heard any reports on that, but relatively, we got out okay. From when Ruben Foster got carted off the field to now, I feel so much better. The amount of cuss words I said that drive was over 10. That's okay. My dog was going crazy barking because I was yelling, but that's all right. Next week, we got Seattle. They're coming off a loss as well. They got beat by Green Bay. We will be playing in the late game on Sunday at Seattle, which we have not fared well. But who knows? Hopefully this week we make some improvements, and we are playing against the worst offensive line in all of football, so we have to get some pressure. We need to hit the quarterback. Russell Wilson needs to be on the ground next week. That's all I got to say. So anyway, um, if you haven't already subscribed on iTunes or given us a review, go do that. That helps us out tremendously. And if you have any questions for the show, 
Hit me up on Twitter, JL underscore Chapman. That's JL underscore C-H-A-P-M-A-N. Thanks a lot, guys. Y'all have a good one and stay strong, faithful. It's going to get better, and it's going to get better quick. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.